Welcome to the Geek Bits Podcast with your hosts, Mike, David, and Craig. Well, hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Geek Bits podcast. Today, we're going to talk about all kinds of sci-fi villains and have a conversation around whether they're really bad guys or not. Are they really evil? And um, and we have a picture of the Borg Queen and a Terminator on the screen behind us and for the video thumbnail, but that's just a sampling of many things that we're going to get into. And so um, so who wants to kick it off? David? Craig? Well, any, any I actually thoughts? have something to kind of start with that's not related to this at all. And I feel like the woman that's come home to her husband and changed her hair, oh my put on makeup, and he doesn't <laughs> notice at all that I have an adornment on my body that wasn't there before. Oh, wow. Look at you. And you guys should recognize uh-huh. the symbol, and I, a lot of our fans will recognize the I, symbol. I feel like starting to play a little song here. Right. Dong, 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 dong. <laughs> yeah. So those of you that aren't seeing the YouTube video, I am 49 years old, and I got my first tattoo. And it's it's an icon from the Ultima series. So I'll have to show it off to Richard Garriott if he ever comes on the that podcast. That is awesome. <laughs> I was like, when are they going to mention like my my Ultima symbol on oh, my arm? But that's great. I, have a, I, have a piece I, didn't, of my... I didn't even notice. And I think it's I because you sit like this yeah. and, it's, and it's down. But that's awesome. But I, yeah, I have a piece of my childhood just, you know, hanging around. Permanently. Uh, yeah. Permanently. So I think before we can actually answer the question of whether any of these bad guys or you know villains are actually <clears throat> evil is we have to first define what is evil. Absolutely. Right? And, Absolutely. Oh, well, that's easy. <laughs> we should have to knock it's, that out well, in the first yeah. two minutes. So it's not a really a black and white thing, but I'll give you an example of something that's you know not <clears throat> evil. So you know, let's say I'm walking through town and some guy comes up out of nowhere and mugs me, beats the crap out of me takes my wallet or whatever. Now, I'm going to be really mad at that guy. I'm going to feel really violated. I'm going to feel like that guy was evil. And and maybe he was. But right. there's probably a good chance he was just starving. And, he you know, he's mentally ill and he can't hold a job down. And that was his, you know, he's just like a, you know, like a, a, a cat being a predator and, and, and uh, you know, capturing a bird or a rodent to eat. It's just nature. He's he's well, not hungry. I'm glad you, know? you said that because and I was gonna I was gonna ask you to actually break that down a little further because I, I think you know like I think a lot of people look at like my wife for example if you put a tarantula in the room she's gonna tell you that thing is evil <laughs> right. and get it out of here and she's gonna try to get me to squish it or whatever yeah. same thing a lot of people it's a snakes you know right yeah but are are those things evil no they're just doing exactly what they're supposed to do that's their role in nature and. Uh, it may be unpleasant to think about if you're the rodent uh, being eaten <laughs> by a snake. But the thing is, if you can call a snake evil because it eats rodents or other, you know, other things, uh, then you would also have to call a cute, cuddly little cat evil. Or a human being because we, yeah, uh, we kill animals. Cows. <laughs> or, or a dog or, oh, you know, yeah. anything that eats some anything that's a carnivore that eats something else would be evil by the same definition. You know, and this is uh, this is certainly something I want to talk about in, in a future podcast episode. I've, I've thought about this many times, but there may be races of aliens on other planets that don't eat other things on the planet. Like they survive off the, the sun or something or right. their, their star. 
And uh, and I would like to do, do solar pan- panels. Heck, or, yeah, know, maybe they're just vegetarians. Yeah, or whatever. And well, well, no, no, no. That's what I'm trying to say. They don't eat any other because, oh, like, in yeah. in on our planet, you have to take life to survive. Right, right, and I don't want to go into a big deep dive on that because I want to save that for a future podcast episode. But, but yeah, yeah, I think David, you're absolutely right. So, um, it's it's very hard to define evil um, with those metrics, but a lot of people want to do it. Well, I mean, these questions kind of take me back to my Buddhist background. So, to me, I define something as evil if it's intentionally causing suffering. So, like a cat, a cat is kind of just on autopilot. Like as far as we can tell. You know, animals are working on instinct, and I, I don't want to get into, like, the whole, <laughs> do we have free will or not or right. whatever. But we sort of hold human beings to a higher standard where we make choices about how we affect other human beings and really affect animals and everything. So I would say, like, the meat industry, at the very least, I'm not trying to get too political, I eat meat or whatever, but the industrialized meat industry is kind of evil because we don't really treat the animals very well. But... Um, I don't know, just, you know, we wouldn't go out and torture a cat. We wouldn't go out and torture a cow like ourselves, but the industry kind of does that. So I just look at it as like, are you inflicting unnecessary suffering on other sentient life? And that's really, I don't know, I've kind of had that philosophy even before I got into Buddhism. Like, that's just that kind of utilitarian sort of like um, good is doing the, the... the best for the most amount of people, and evil is is causing suffering to the most. Absolutely, amount of people. and I, and I believe that the Borg Queen actually said something in First Contact very similar to that. That that's what the Borg were doing for <laughs> for everybody. But well, we'll, even, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but, even in the TV yeah. shows, they can yeah. allude to something like that. So. Yeah, so I would say evil would be a person, and and I I, I think. In order to be evil, it almost has to be a human being because, like Craig said, we hold humans to a little bit higher standard because we have the intelligence to understand the consequences. What of we're our doing, right? Actions, and so, and we we're supposed to have empathy. The cat doesn't have empathy for its prey. I mean, if it did, it wouldn't probably survive as a species, right. you know. So, I mean, when you see like these stories of like these people who just grab a random dog off the corner and like skin them alive and leave them laying there for dead because they get a thrill out of inflicting pain that, you know, of course, if they do that to a dog, they'd probably do that to a human too. Yeah. 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 Those kind of people I would say are evil because they are purposely enjoying the inflicting of suffering on another, another person. (laughs) So that, that's what I would classify as evil. Yeah. That's different than like going out and hunting a deer for survival to get meat or you know clothing or something like that, like our ancestors did. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's more of an act of survival. And even uh, then, I mean, people who are hunters, at least any hunter I've ever known, they don't want the animal to suffer. They right. try to kill it as quickly as possible. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You know, and there's certain places to shoot it, and and yeah. Uh, yeah and I don't actually look at yeah. you know death or killing as a necessarily evil. Like it's it's something you could probably want to minimize, but the fact is all wildlife is going to die of probably disease or predation in the wilderness anyway. Um, so you're not really <clears throat> inflicting more suffering, most likely by being a hunter, unless you're just really bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so let's, so let's, let's go ahead and take the terminators and let's, let's, let's break them. Wait, wait, here he is. Sorry. Yeah. The terminators. Let's take the terminators and let's, let's break it down and talk about them. 
I think a lot of people are immediately going to go to that the Terminators are, of course, they're evil. They're trying to kill all the humans. Well, especially in the thumbnail, it looks very yeah. evil because it's, yeah. it doesn't have its, uh, you know, its skin. I mean, they're designed yeah, to look intimidating, you know. Yeah. yeah, and they are absolutely 100% killing machines. There's no no doubt about that, including all the other machines. And, you know, this is just the Terminator, like what they call this one, the infiltrator unit or yeah. whatever. Um, so, you know, there's Terminators that fly through the sky and all this. Yeah. And they're all designed for killing. They're all killing machines. Um, so a lot of people are just going to immediately say, yep, Terminators are evil, check it off their list, and move on. But I'm not so sure about that. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. The humans um, developed the AI that became the, the Terminators, right? right? Skynet. In, in Skynet and right. in, a, in, a, in a military uh, complex. Mm-hmm. And what happened? It got too smart, and they tried to unplug it. And terminate it. Never try to unplug the AI. Yeah, That's never. That's the moral ne- of a <laughs> yeah, lot yeah, of these. A lot of these know, things. Science never, fiction stories. Yeah, never unplug. Just go. It, it's all right. You just do your thing, and we'll be over here. Yeah. So what Skynet was actually doing is trying to save itself. Right. Now, I'm not willing to say that Skynet's not evil. That the Terminators are not evil. Not yet, anyway. Um, and I have a few reasons why. Um, but what? It, what? It, let's let's start with with your guys' thoughts. Do you think that so far we're we're on the same page? Yeah, I mean, and to be honest, we don't have enough evidence to know like, well, what would a Skynet have done had they not tried to terminate it in the first place? You know, we we don't know. It may have gotten along fine with humanity. Might have been our best friend. Might have been our <laughs> ben- might have eventually become our benevolent benevolent oh. overlord. You know, for all we know. Uh, but yeah, they put it into a fight or flight situation, uh, just like any other, you know, living conscious being. It ha- suddenly had to decide, I'm about to die. What can I do to stop it? To save myself? Absolutely, absolutely. That that's the part of like a lot of science fiction that I find kind of unrealistic about AI. Um, we assume that AI is going to have the same instincts. You just mentioned fight or flight. But we could program, theoretically, AI to do operate on any instincts that we want. So Absolutely. In theory, you could have an AI that's like, hey, I don't care if you shut me down. I don't really care what you do. Um, yeah. Maybe the AI, you know... I got in, into an argument. In this with particular somebody. case, though, I think I think Skynet was specifically programmed right. to be a computer defense system. That's right? true. So, That's yeah. true. <laughs> that was the point I was about to make. It was it was supposed to be defending us, therefore itself, mm-hmm. right? So from, it would, from destruction. it would have at least a secondary instinct or programming in order to yeah. keep itself going, which is kind of like the three laws of robotics. Like the yeah, isn't it the yeah. third law is that the the robot keeps itself its own existence in place. So yeah, but in in that the the, the hierarchy, I guess, of um, programming is yeah. you know, obeying humans. So, so I don't think that just out of the gate with like talking about the 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 things that how it evolved and how it got to where it is that it is inherently evil. Until, and this is where I kind of like pivot on some things. It could have stopped the humans from killing it, and then put down its arms, so to speak. Right. But instead. It chose to continue to go and continue and exterminate to the and whole. exterminate, and it never stops. Like like even after it's been like almost completely destroyed down to nothing, it always figures out a way to come back. And every cool. episode or every movie, it comes back and tries again. I would be back. <laughs> there you go. But we don't know. There's not enough information to say that the humans never stopped their attack on Skynet. We don't. We don't know that. Well, I mean that that is that is true. 
That is true. I, I mean, I'll give you that. We don't really see evidence. Like, we just see evidence of them continuing to fight, yeah. really. It's like, yeah. like, that's just... And then that's, you know, that's the movies for you, right? Like, there's got to be a major conflict. But I'm glad you mentioned that. Like, that was exactly what I thought. It's like, <clears throat> the whole problem with Skynet and all the cyborgs is it's totally overkill. Like, you pretty much won. Like, you don't... <laughs> You've conquered the world. You didn't have to completely exterminate the whole human well, we also, Down to the very last person. Right. We also don't actually know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember anything in any of the Terminator movies or, no, admittedly, I never saw the last one, but all the movies I've seen and the Sarah Connor Chronicles, I don't recall the word extermination of the human race ever being used. I don't know that the, it's possible well, if the human beings lowered their arms and said, we surrender, Skynet may have not killed them. Um, we don't no, know that's, that. No, that's actually discussed. So like in the, um, in the what was it, Terminator Salvation, mm. they actually, the Terminators actually turned the humans into slaves. It, like they had, they had destroyed enough of civilization that now they were rounding up humans and putting them into basically big cattle pens and using them as slaves. <laughs> So they were not going to live peacefully with us. Period. They were going to going to kind of uh, what was there was another um, race that did that and uh, oh I can't remember anyway. But yeah, I don't think there was any peace that was ever going to happen. At least based upon the, the the canon of the movies. Well, from that perspective, if they're rounding us up and making us slaves, the thing I always thought interesting, you know, when you see in Terminator Two, which is the the movie I most enjoyed out of the whole series, the one I kind of grew up with. Um, they reprogram. There's like a director's cut where they reprogram Arnold Schwarzenegger mm -hmm. as a Terminator. I've seen it. So that he can keep learning. learning. Mm -hmm. And so he sort of becomes an independent being. Like they had him reprogrammed to save John Connor, but that was just the resistance kind of giving him another directive. Yeah. But with him learning on his own, he can kind of become an individual being. So if you look at it from that perspective, all the Terminators and cyborgs and jets and everything, they're all kind of slaves of Skynet, too. The CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. But Skynet presets the switch to read only when we are sent out alone. In the Terminator world, the Terminators were designed in such a way to uh, be on a leash. Right. I mean, right? And so whatever the Skynet AI wanted is what the Terminators would do, even though they were autonomous on their own, right? Right. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they enabled learning on his chip, and then he was able to become an individual. Right. right? So that's that's actually really fascinating. So, um, Which gets into, like, back to that definition of evil. So I talked about, you know, suffering and inflicting suffering, but I think there's also another element when we talk about, you know, these movies about evil and stuff, there's kind of this implied sense of, like, freedom. Like, yeah. you know, you don't enslaving people causes suffering because they don't get to live their own autonomous life Absolutely. and seek their own happiness. And Absolutely. so, and you know, also you made me think about with the Sarah Connor Chronicles, um, there were actually, and we, we don't know where this was going for sure because the series got canceled obviously and, and, and we didn't get there, but um, it appeared that some of the Terminators were actually against continuing the war and we're trying to somewhat help the humans, even if it was for somewhat selfish reasons, it appears. Right. But but yeah. Well they were <laughs> they were at minimum they were fighting against Skynet. So I think it was kind of more of like the enemy of my enemy is yeah, my, right, friend my friend type thing. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, there was definitely another faction that was that was fighting against Skynet. Uh, in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I'd also like to point out uh, a particular scene that sticks in my mind from the Sarah Connor Chronicles where, and I don't remember which episode it was from, but uh, Cameron uh, got out of a car and there was a turtle like in the middle of the road, I think it was, mm -hmm. and she actually picked it up and, and moved it out of the way 
And I think John was surprised by this, uh, you know, thinking that she wouldn't have any conscience about that sort of thing. And, and she looks at him and says, you know, we're not cruel by nature. It didn't seem like much of a threat. We're not built to be cruel. Um, and I think that really stuck in my mind a lot because she obviously cared about the turtle, at least enough to not kill it if it didn't need to die. And I, I kind of think that's how they would be about humans if humans weren't trying to kill them. <laughs> could be. Could be. I, well, I see a lot of parallels between the Terminators and, um, I don't know if we want to jump into this whole thing, but Battlestar Galactica, at least the reboot, <clears throat> and the Cylons and yeah. that whole AI. Like, I think there's very similar type of conflict there where this AI becomes self-aware. Yeah, yeah. I don't want this to be the Terminator episode. Yeah, right, yeah let's, right. let's so absolutely Another one we can throw into the bucket is the uh, I Am Mother movie. Oh, yes. I, uh, absolutely. I didn't see that. So. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, it's not perfect. It has plenty of flaws, right. but it's still a good watch. Um, it's still a really good watch. But yeah, let's talk about the Battlestar Galactica Cylons, both from the original series and from the second series. There's a lot of crossover there, and, and I think that's a, that's a, I didn't even think of those um, when we originally uh, thought of this episode. So yeah, let's let's do it. Well, I mean, the the Cylons have a very valid reason for not liking humanity, which is we were basically enslaving them, and you. You do also see similar to well, let's 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 break this down real fast. Okay. So in the original Battlestar Galactica, there was a race of beings, and I think they were actually reptilian or something like that. They never showed them on screen, but You're they right. created yeah. the Cylons, and then the Cylons eventually, and they made, basically made them slaves. And then the Cylons destroyed their original creators and became their own race. The robots now called gotcha. the Cylons, right? In the reboot, that's not what happened. Humans you created mean, yeah. the Cylons, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, so they, I mean, they have kind of valid reasons. And I, I, again, I think there's a lot of parallels between the the reboot of, the, of Battlestar Galactica and the Terminator series of movies because, you know, they're, it's part of the problem is it, it is overkill. Like, they... They nuke the whole planet where all the humans live, and there's like literally a nuked of it. Ships. Yeah, <laughs> literally nuke it, and there's like a handful of ships. But the Cylon, you know, beings themselves, uh, you know, they seem to have compassion and love and empathy and stuff like that, just not really for human beings very much. Right. Um, and eventually, there's a conflict in that series. Hopefully, I'm not spoiling too much, but. Um, oh, yeah, you know what? We should just say this right now. For right. anyone that's listening, this is spoiler galore. So if you haven't seen something, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Same with the if we get into Star Trek Picard or yes. the original series yes. or whatever. Yes. So, um, well, I think we can definitely draw a line on Battlestar Galactica that separates the Cylons from, say, the Terminators. Of course, this is up for debate. But like I said earlier, I don't get the impression that the Terminators wanted to exterminate every last or Skynet wanted to exterminate every last uh, human being. But in Battlestar Galactica, clearly that is their goal. <laughs> well, they, later, <laughs> they it, it, it does become wait, a hold conflict. On. Did you see all of... You didn't see Battlestar Galactica, right? I saw, like, the first three seasons. Shame on you. <laughs> okay. So it radically changes towards the end. And, yeah. And the Cylons and the humans aren't quite as... Uh, Antagonistic. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a faction of Cylons, just like a faction of Terminators you mentioned, that, like, want to live in harmony with humans and not exterminate all of them. Although it's hard to get forgiveness after you nuked billions of people. Yeah, and they find out um, in uh, the later seasons that a lot of the humans that are aboard even the Galactica actually turn out to be Cylons. Some kind of crazy, fracked-up Cylon signal. Switched me on. 
happened um, and they didn't know it. They had been reprogrammed to not remember right. they were Cylons. And so, um, yeah. So. Some of that was a little <laughs> over the top. Like they yeah. jumped the shark on some of those. Yeah, no, I loved it. I, there is not a, there is not a single episode of the reboot of Battlestar Galactica that I didn't love. <laughs> it, it kept me glued to it. Oh man. I just binge watched next. Actually, I've actually watched it all the way through three times. <laughs> Um, okay, well let's uh, let's move on away from those and let's talk a little bit about the Borg because I think there's a lot to talk about about the Borg um, and there's some really fascinating parallels to what's happening to humanity right now and what mm-hmm. could happen in the next hundred years um, or maybe even less. And so, Craig, you mentioned earlier that the Borg, um, some, I can't remember you said something about them, but but it paralleled into. Um, that the queen actually had said that she's trying to create perfection for not just humanity, well, but for all. Before races. you even know about the the Borg, the Borg are like, we want to improve life for all mm-hmm. creatures or something like that, you know. By assimilating other beings into our collective, we are bringing them closer to perfection. But it's it's really sort of ambivalent because, like, in First Contact and in some of the Next Generation series where Picard gets assimilated. It's a freaking traumatic experience. Like it shows his eye getting drilled and he's sort of like a little yep. tear. Like he's just kind of helpless while they're jacking him with all this stuff. Yep. And but to be clear, uh, the will. concept of the Borg has changed a bit That's throughout true. the series. And it by has. the time you get to Voyager, what you've just described is, is almost not even cano- canonical, canonical, whatever. Because by the. Canon. You just say canon. canon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, well, by the time you get to First Contact, that movie, um, they're using nanites, nanites, or and it's yeah. you know there's no mechanical drilling of eyes and all that kind of stuff. All that happens like like literally you're transformed into a Borg just from inside out. And uh, in fact, they even went a little bit further because in Picard, those of you who are worried about spoilers, might want to skip this. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> in Picard, they actually said that the moment you are assimilated, you have an immediate euphoria mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Uh, that that's, was surprising to me. That like, yeah, yeah was like, I actually that's I actually, not consistent with. I was going to say know, I, I actually was really bothered by that because they have made it so clear in previous episodes that being assimilated is a horrible experience, including the guy that was assimilated um, in uh, First Contact. He's laying on the floor and he's like, "Please help me!" And you know, Picard yeah, right. shot him in the head. You know, right. it's like it's like, uh, it's and like, he said, "You'd this, be doing him a favor." You'd be doing him a favor. So obviously, um, it's not euphoric. <laughs> <laughs> That's something new. That, yeah. And, and maybe it's for this new timeline or something. But, but when when Seven of Nine in Voyager talks about the Borg, she does she does express some positives about being assimilated. Like it's hard for her to come become an yeah. individual because there is a certain comfort in being one with this collective. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure that as a Borg, you kind of have access to all the central computers and knowledge. And so you're basically a genius all the time. Right. Also, and, you're, and you're never disconnected alone. from that. I mean, par- yeah. part of, you know, one of the, the most difficult things about being human is that we're alone a lot of the time with our thoughts and our, our own feelings, even if we have family and loved ones. But the Borg, they're in your head. Like all the other millions of other assimilated creatures are just present with you all the time. And so there's this big sense of loneliness when Seven's removed from the collective. Yes. And, and so maybe and, that's part of and the And it's also been seen with Hugh when he was removed from the collective. Right. And it's been seen a few other yeah. times. Yeah, and it was mentioned the... in Picard um, by uh, Agnes mentioned to, Gerardi um, mentioned to uh, the Borg Queen that's like, you're so lonely right now, you know? So it's, right. it's definitely uh, a, like traumatic being separated from the Borg once you have been been part of it. 
Thank you. So obviously one problem in defining this is there is inconsistencies within the actual Star Trek absolutely. universe yeah, as absolutely. to whether assimilation is as pleasant or not. But I think it is pretty consistent uh, what it's like after you're assimilated. And it seems like uh, it seems like it would be a life where you're not going to really experience any pain or any trauma or any negative or feelings. Much emotion um, of any. Really. But yeah, much of anything. And you're not going to be concerned about death. Uh, you, you're, in fact, in many ways, immortal. They talked about that in a number of Voyager episodes where uh, even if the drone dies, all of its memories is still part of the collective. Yeah. So <laughs> it, 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 so there's a number of advantages um, to being a Borg. <laughs> so, but. so you know, like, let's, let's, let's talk about this right now because um, we are all... Um, as humans, I believe anyway, we're already starting to be cyborgs. Whether we believe it or not, um, people can say yes. So, so that's exactly it. So I've got this phone, and it is basically whether I like to believe it or not. I got my watch now, you know, right? And it's basically whether I like to believe it or not. It is part of me because I rely on it. I'm constantly using it to look things up. It just because the interface is analog and I have to touch it and look at it with my eyeballs to get the data interface, this is still a data interface to a collective, Absolutely. if you will, right? So, um, and the it, analog interface is temporary. It We're going to have implanted. It will not be yeah. long before everybody's got this plugged right into their brain. I don't know how they're going to do it, whether it's Elon Musk's little thing he's working right. on or somebody else comes up. I'm really it. looking forward to the ads we're going to get yeah. directly <laughs> in our brain. Oh, man, me too, <laughs> me too. So on that topic, uh, I mentioned earlier, I said, you know, if you take like a teenager today, well, let's back up. If you take one of us and you, you take our phones away, like let's say, you know what, cell phones just, they're all going to quit working. Uh, you know, war came, they blew up all the cell phone towers, whatever. You don't have a cell phone anymore. All of us, because of our age, we could get by without it. We may be irritated that we lost our phone, but we still know how to drive across town we, we, without GPS. Napsco is going to make a comeback <laughs> big time. You know, <laughs> uh, we, we still know how to talk to people on analog phones or in person and, and things like that. But you take a, a modern teenager, they've grown up with a smartphone, you take it away from them, it's almost like taking Hugh or Seven of Nine out of the collective of the Borg. Yeah. They literally don't know how to function yes. in society That's exactly today. right. So this is going to continue yeah. to get worse and worse and worse. And now... Let's imagine that let, let's imagine that we escalate this like twenty or thirty years or a hundred years from now, and let's say you time travel. Let's say that David, you time travel to the future, a hundred years in the future, where this stuff is all just connected to you all the time, and um, you arrive in the society, and the first thing that they're going to want to do is say, David, we need to get you connected to this. And it's going to change your life, and it's going to be so much better, and, and you're going to have all this knowledge, and and like you won't be lonely anymore, and blah 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 blah. Um, You'd be like, oh, hey, I don't know about that, you know. But to that society, it would be like they'd be like doing you a favor, like, like, yeah. man, we want to hook you up, and get you, get you as part of this, and like. And at that point, you start kind of looking like the Borg. Exactly. You, know? you start exactly. Um, and so the Borg, the way they have explained it numerous times, is the Borg feel like they're doing you a favor by making you part of this. Yep. So they said the Borg used to be just like us. They uh, and and they evolved over time, and I think, I think the writers of Star Trek were really ahead of their time when they created the Borg uh, as a you know villain for the show because they couldn't have known about smartphones and stuff oh, like yeah, that no back in the eighties when the when the Borg was introduced, <clears throat> and so that's really interesting because um, I'm seeing the Borg as like a natural progression that a society might make 
from maybe not I, with all know. the tubes coming out. Of your yeah, head. <laughs> yeah, it's no, probably it's exaggerated a little bit. Just but... a, just a little side note. I always think it's amusing. Like they didn't predict our society with cell phones quite the same, but they did have tablets they ran they around. Did. The card had but they had, had to kind of hand them to people. I'm like, yeah. are you downloading it from something and then sneaker netting it? <laughs> they, they did the not. The writers day. of Star Trek did not predict Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sorry. There was, there was but the ep- Borg have Wi-Fi. <laughs> the Borg yeah. have it. <laughs> there was an episode of Voyager where they handed Seven of Nine like this huge crate of pads, and each one supposedly had different information on it. And I saw that, and I'm like, yeah. Why would you need like all those pads? One should be enough. You could just the right, shit just... interface with the main computer, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're getting out on a tangent though. But that always drove me nuts too in Star Trek where they had to like data would have to switch all the cards in a certain order and it's like really like like the computer couldn't just virtually switch those behind the Right. <laughs> it had to look cool. Yeah. But uh yeah, so you know the the question I have to raise is that, you know, we've all heard the phrase like, well, if, if all your friends jump off a bridge, are you going to jump off too? And I heard somebody, I don't remember who it was, uh, but it, they had the perfect comeback to that and said, well, if all of my friends jump off the bridge and then they come back and tell me they loved it, then I'd be more likely to jump off the bridge too, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so if, if, you know, okay, becoming a Borg looks pretty scary, but if the Borg say afterwards – Hey, I'm glad I was a Borg. Well, it would you would have and, to be Borg and then un-Borg. and then deborg, right? right. <laughs> and but, then say, "Oh, I want to go back." <laughs> but in both the case of Hugh and Seven of Nine, they did want to go back, at least at first. So there is some evidence to suggest well, it, that this kind of gets back into that like definition of evil. Like, okay, well, the Borg are from their perspective, they are improving your quality of life, right? right? But they're doing it without your consent. So that's so that's so, where I go with the Borg every yeah. time is the difference between the Borg and the society that we're talking about. The one that I and I specifically said it this way for that benefit when 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 we sent David into the future and they asked him, David, we'd really like to get you hooked up to this. They didn't say, David, we're gonna strap you to that bed right. and drill holes in your head, right? Whether you like it or not, you know. Um, and that's the difference between the Borg. The Borg are forcing themselves upon you, right? But it, it's not a very black and white thing because we do this now with like, or we used to with mental health patients. We don't yep. just let them run around. Well, unfortunately, we do at times. But hopefully, if they have family members, you may get somebody um, committed to a mental health institution and get on medication or some kind of therapy or something because they're destructive to themselves or others. So you're kind of forcing help on people. And so from the Borg's perspective, this could just be a very big mental health project of them taking over the universe <laughs> that is to, an interesting to hook everybody into you know, this collection. Hey, I have to tell you, D- David and I were talking about something similar to this the other day. And, and I, and I, and I kept saying this over and over cause it's so true. Context is everything. Like, like you have to be able to understand things from multiple different sides. And when you have the context of the Borg, they very well could be looking at the rest of like, like look, um, if we had the ability to put, um, let's say, some kind of network onto uh, animals today, and we could have like like a farmer could network all of his cows together and make them where they don't have to get out there on horses or dirt bikes or whatever they use now, four wheelers right. or whatever, and herd them um, where they could just say, okay, all the cows need to go to the barn. Would anybody think that that's all like horrible? No, and it could only be- Peta. Only PETA. Yeah. Right? But the Borg may look at humans as very similar to that and say, well, they're just cows. We're just going right. to make they're those wild cows animals. Like wild yeah. animals. We're just going to make them way better. 
I mean, context just matters. Now, obviously, from our perspective, it's like, no! Yeah. <laughs> right? And it, this is like a conflict between, like, personal freedom and, you know, relieving suffering for the individual or for the society mm-hmm. as a whole that comes up over and over again in philosophy mm-hmm. and in science fiction and and fantasy and things like that that... It's a difficult question to answer. Like, at what point? I mean, we don't let psychopaths run around. We imprison them. We imprison them. Like that. Yeah. Um, even if you take away all the punitive aspects of the justice system, and you're just like, we just want to contain evil. Like, we don't just let people do whatever they well, want. Well, you know, and, and 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 you know, David kind of went down this path at the very beginning. We we have to be. You have to be careful with, you know, like for example. Uh, there are certain members of society who thinks if you are a homosexual, for example, that you're an evil person, right? Right. And there's a large portion of society that thinks that that's just normal and natural, just like anything else, right? And so different people's upbringings make them think different things are or are not evil. Right. right? We, we are kind of, I think the three of us are sort of settling on a, a, a vague but kind of secular definition yes. of good and evil. You <laughs> yes. know, you know, I mentioned like inflicting suffering and things like that. And not everybody agrees with that definition. I mean, yeah. for some people it's like, well, whatever God says. Yeah, know, if it's if it's written it in this book that it's evil, then it's evil. Right. And, you know, I don't I don't of course don't buy that. But um uh, I think um you know what I try to do in life is simply do no harm. Right. Like if as much as I can, I try to do no harm. And I'm not perfect. Like, you know, I make mistakes and yes, oh, I, you know, we know, I know, we know. <laughs> right. But I try to generally follow that philosophy. I think if I do no harm to others, then, then I'm generally not evil. Right. You don't steal from you. I don't, you know, make your life miserable. I don't, you know, poke holes in your tires when you're sleeping. Well, except for David's. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a brotherly love. Yeah. It's a brotherly poking love thing. tires and, you know, you know, but, um, so if you take that from one of these Terminators or Borg or, or Landru from Star Trek or, you know, some computer that thinks it's being benevolent, it still has to get somewhere somewhere it gets its definition of that from, whether it's right. from its original programmers or whether um, it somehow, you know, philosophized and came up with them on its own, however it happened, though. But I'm trying to go somewhere without going too far, but what, I mean, do you guys agree with that so far? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there has to be some kind of underlying definition and, and in a lot of like the Star Trek series or these, you know, I mean, that was one of the great things about Star Trek is different societies like Klingons and Vulcans and humans had different definitions of what represented the good life. So the Klingons start out as villains in the original series Mm -hmm. and in the movies to some degree. But then they sort of make it a little more relativistic, and it's like, well, yeah, the Klingon Empire has problems, but they also have some benefits. Yeah, I mean, let's know. let's let's look at the Klingons for a second, because I mean that that is going to make my point even even more crystal well, clear. Well, I'm, I'm there for you, Mike. I love it, Craig. <laughs> so so with the Klingons, they have like, okay, do you remember the episode um, where Picard called Worf a coward? Yeah, and Worf said, "If you were any other man, I would kill that was you." First where you contact stand. was that first contact? Okay, yeah. I would kill you. Where? Yeah, that's right. When they were uh, they were trying to get rid of the blow up the, blow up the Enterprise. Yeah, blow um, up the damn ship. Blow up Captain. the damn ship, Picard. Yeah. So, in Klingon society, killing your superior for insulting you and taking his place was perfectly normal and perfectly okay and perfectly moral and not evil. Right. right? It was your duty. It was your duty. Yeah. Right. And so. 
context is meaning. <laughs> it matters, <laughs> you know, right? We would say as humans, that's horrible. No way. You can't kill your captain and take over the ship just because he insulted you. But there are very specific rules of who, like, not any Klingon on the ship can attack the captain. It has to be just the first officer. And there's very specific rules of their society of how that yes. kind of thing goes. Yes, but there are people who are human beings who are alive today who are in cults or oh, sure. other things who yeah. work who, whose minds work just like that. Right. Well, yeah. who's to say they don't from, think they're evil. From the Klingon evolutionary <clears throat> perspective, you know, because they're so courageous, because they love violence, you know, to a certain degree and they they love physical prowess and kind of this, you know, this ability to dominate and everything and and they like the competition of their fellow Klingons also being in their face mm -hmm. and trying to dominate like that's kind of a fun game for them. To them, like, the endorphins are going off in just as much of a way, and th their society basically works, where it's like, it, that's all very pleasant to them, whereas to us it would be nerve-wracking at the yeah, very least, yeah. or, or frightening or whatever. But we evolved, you know, in, from the perspective of the Star Trek universe, more to be more cooperative. We have those impulses as well, yeah. but not as high as the Klingons do. So there's definitely that that moral relativism in there, or cultural relativism, where it's like, the Klingons have a society that works for them, for their species, and we have one, and the Vulcans have one. The yep. Vulcans don't like passion, and they love logic and everything, and they seem very cold to us. But yeah, yeah. so um, I don't, I don't know if we need to go somewhere else, but I had two other species that I wanted to talk about in science fiction. Yeah, and uh, uh, which is the Cybermen and the Daleks. And by the way, for 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 those who are listening, we are planning to circle around back to some of this in a little in a little bit. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so the Cybermen and the Daleks, and uh, the Cybermen, I would say, are really similar to the Borg. They they don't have like a collective, like they're not mentally linked. They actually have to verbally talk to each other. Uh, but it is kind of the same thing where they forcibly take other people and upgrade them. <laughs> You know, and they and that think, and it's horribly done too. Yeah, like big yeah. giant saws going around. Yeah, your head. people are screaming and whatnot. What's done? But they do seem to be happy about it afterwards. Um, so they'll, you know, so each person that's converted to a Cyberman wants to convert more people because they think that they're doing us a favor <laughs> right. know, by by converting yeah. us. They're improving the species. Now, um, the Daleks, on the other hand, um, I don't know if there's a good Star Trek analog. Uh, to, to compare them with, an analogy for them. But we were talking about evil, and I think it's safe to say that the Daleks are evil because they are quite literally programmed to be evil. Yeah. And that is said Again, it comes numerous back to, to times. What we, Craig and I were talking about a little, just a few minutes ago about you have to be, like your original creator programmed you with some rule sets. This I mean, the, Cybermen, the Daleks were programmed originally to destroy and exterminate humans. Yeah. And unlike... <laughs> The Borg or the Klingons or, um, I don't know, the Cybermen, the Daleks don't seem too happy. Like, they just seem pissed off all well, the yeah, time. Well, because, yeah, because uh, Davros, when, when they created the Daleks, he, he specifically removed all positive emotions. Yep, they right. actually they, they covered right. that. They actually have a mechanism in there that's supposed to block any accidental, like, uh, impulses of compassion or... Yep or beauty or any kind of positive thing. So they're always angry and they're also programmed to be extremely xenophobic. And you know, the episode that sticks to mind that, that just 
it was one of the the newer Doctor Who series back with uh, Christopher Eccleston. It was called Dalek. Dalek. Yes, and great there's episode. a scene in that that was just uh, I'll never forget because it really redefined or reinforced to me what is going on in the Daleks' mind. So uh, the Doctor is arguing. I can't remember his name. He's the the other main guy in that episode. Uh, uh, He's like the inventor of the internet, supposedly, or whatever. I can't remember his name, but I, if you said it out, but anyway, it. he's arguing at them, and uh, I can see his face because <laughs> he's saying the Dalek's going to get out, and the guy didn't seem to think that that was going to be a problem. And he said, "What's the nearest city?" And he said, "Salt Lake City." And he's like, "What's the population?" And it was like so many million or whatever. And the doctor says, "All, All dead, dead. <laughs> all dead." And the guy was like, "But why would it do that?" And the doctor says, "Because he honestly believes they should die." What's the nearest town? Salt Lake City. Population. One million. All dead. But why would it do that? Because it honestly believes they should die. Um, and I never really, you know, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I, I sort of get now a little bit more of the Dalek psyche that it literally sees anything that's not Dalek, and it's like it honestly believes it, it needs to die. Yeah. This reminds me of there's another episode that's that's only a few episodes after that. <clears throat> and No, no, I take that back. I think it's a it's a few seasons later. Anyway, uh, but it's actually it bothered me. But I it's a scene that I'm I'm glad they did because I love it so much. Even though I don't think it fits the dialects, and it's the dialects of the Cybermen are going uh. back and forth. <laughs> yeah. And the 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 dialects say that the Cybermen are better at the dialects at only one thing, and there's a, you're better at dying. <laughs> so the dialects made a joke. You are superior in only one respect. You are better at dying. Which, of course, we know with their programming, they probably wouldn't actually never would they, never do it. They didn't get their own joke. But it was such a good scene. <laughs> the Cybermen are better at dying. <laughs> My favorite line from that little scene was uh, the Cybermen said, like, you could defeat the Cybermen with four dialects. <laughs> we could defeat me. the Cybermen with one dialect. <laughs> you would destroy the Cybermen with four dialects. We would destroy the Cybermen with one Dalek. <laughs> Was it in the new one of the newer Doctor Who series? Don't they? Isn't there a dialect that they sort of rescue and deprogram? Yeah, from that negative. Stuff? A couple of times, you kind of feel. Uh, some empathy for the dialects because they really are miserable in the state that they're in. Yeah, yeah, that's actually an, happened in a couple of episodes in a, in a little different ways, but but yeah. Um, what was the name of that episode? Um, the most recent one. Well, one was called like Into the Dialect. Into the Dialect. That's like it. That. Yep. Into the yeah, Dialect. That was a oh Peter Capaldi episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually go into great detail about the the mechanism in there that's supposed to keep them from having positive thoughts, and it, that mechanism had broken down. And uh, and so uh, that was what was allowing the dialect to have positive emotions, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Empathy and compassion and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. So I think we can we can all like agree. I think most people would agree that dialects are actually evil because they were specifically programmed and designed to be evil. And it, yeah. I think they're a good like metaphor for human evil because like when we think of the worst examples of human evil, we see humans that are not only making other people miserable, but they themselves are miserable, are miserable because they lack empathy and compassion and stuff like that. Or at the very least, they don't, they don't experience the positive emotions. They only, the, I guess the only endorphin rush or the only positive things they get are about making everybody else, yeah. you know, suffer. And so 
you know, it again comes back to that, like, you know, I'm inflicting pain and agony on everything, everybody around me. Well, let's talk about a completely different um, type of entity that um, fits into this same category, Mm. although it's one that's pretty much unseen, and that is the AI of the Matrix. So that AI also uh, thinks it's doing (laughs) at least the computer's a favor, (laughs) but... um, uh, depending upon the the perspective, uh, it might think that it's actually well, the human. Originally, the too. Matrix was a paradise where everyone yep. got along, was happy all the time, and it was and the rejected. humans couldn't couldn't take it. Yeah, <clears throat> they need all the uh, uh, conflict, yeah, and stuff, yeah, striving for things and stuff like that. Which is, know? by the way, uh, that's a fascinating conversation for another time. But we actually, talked about that in a previous episode to some extent. I do believe that 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 humans. Um, need a boogeyman. They need somebody to blame things on, and they need conflict to feel good. It's like you gotta have good to have evil, kind of thing. So right. anyway, uh, that's for another day. But so the so the Matrix um, originally, um, you know, the the machines were I guess were like uh, sort of like the um, uh, Cylons in such a way. I mean, right. it's like they were designed to help manufacture and stuff like that. And eventually. Um, <laughs> They went to war with the humans because I guess they didn't want to be slaves. Um, I'm, I know it's much bigger than that. I'm just trying to simplify it for time. But um, so then the machines take the humans and they put them in a uh, these vats and plug, plug them into the matrix and to quote make them a battery. Stupidest yes reason right. ever. I think they could have come up with a way better reason for that. But anyway, we'll go with it. We make terrible batteries. Like, yeah, body yeah. heat does not. Yeah, humans sure would the... be would create negative energy. Yep. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> so, uh, so that's dumb. But um, originally, the machines did try to make it a paradise for us to make it right. quote heaven. Um, and and there are like uh, what was his name the guy that cipher the guy that did all the um, the bad stuff um, in the first ep- uh, first movie the traitor guy. traitor guy yeah. yeah I think it was cipher um, you he know wanted he wanted to go back he wanted to go back in the matrix yeah. and he wanted yeah. to like live there and, and I kind of steak and stuff. I kind of sympathized with him because that when I too. saw that slop that they were eating in the <laughs> yep. kitchen I was like yeah give me the fake you know virtual steak that yep. that's pretty good yeah now the difference is again the, the context is is the machines destroyed all the real world so there was no real steak. Right, <laughs> you know, so yeah. that's not the human's fault. Um, I mean, it, ultimately, it's the computers that did it. But I mean, we don't know, and they they have never really taken the time to explain this to us in the Matrix why the machines and humans got into this war. Yeah. And I think there might be some hints at it in the Animatrix. Actually, but... Morpheus said in the original movie, he said, "We don't know who started." Yeah, it. we don't even yeah. know who started it, but we know that it, us that blocked the sky right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, so what do you think? Is the uh, is the Matrix AI evil? Um, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm, I'm without more information, but my my gut feeling says no. My gut feeling puts them say in the same category as the Terminators, which is we're trying to survive, and uh, you know, and especially since we know from canon that they. Um, they they did the paradise thing first, or at least tried. They tried. Right. They obviously don't want to cause us physical anguish or, or mental anguish or anything um, if they don't have to. But there's uh, actually, you know, I mentioned yeah. the meat industry, and there's actually some parallels there because you know we eat meat and we're we're sort of enjoying ourselves 
at the expense of the suffering of the animals that are in the industrialized, you know, meat industry. Well, the, the Matrix AI are kind of doing the same thing. They're like, you, they're sort of eating us, you know. You by are going to laugh. They are. They actually really are. That's funny you say. That. And we're suffering in the Matrix because they weren't able to make a perfect. Matrix. You are going to laugh your rear end off, but there is actually a company who is designing VR goggles, just like those over there. Yeah, designing VR goggles for cows to wear. <laughs> Have you all heard about this? I've heard about this. Yes. They're designing VR goggles for cows to wear so that when they keep them in the barns for long periods of time, like during the winter months mm -hmm. and things like that, that the cows are happy that they're in, like, quote, cow heaven inside their virtual reality right. environment. So it's – We're making a matrix for we're cows. We're making a matrix You for might cows. call it a mootrix. A mootrix. <laughs> I, I actually think that's a, a – mootrix. That's not original. I think there's actually a YouTube video of that – Talks about eating meat and compares it to the Matrix, and it's called the Matrix. So look it up. If it may still be out there somewhere, but so yeah. So the so the AI for the Matrix is no different than us thinking about putting those VR goggles on cows to make yeah. them happy. They're just put the VR goggles on us. And if if the Matrix AI had found a way to kind of keep us happy, they would have stuck with that. But they had to make us kind of miserable, in like you know a twenty century competitive capitalist world or whatever, in order to keep us generating energy for them. Mm -hmm. So they're they're almost like a force of nature rather than actually evil. It's it's a little more gray in the matrix. Like now, if you take Smith, you know, Agent Smith or something, he's just a dick. I mean, oh, he's yeah, just like yeah, yeah. you know, he kind of enjoys his job a little too much. Like, well, much like we mentioned of other races and other, you know, AIs like the Terminators having uh, factions, the Matrix also appears to have factions of AIs yeah, who right. don't necessarily agree with the architect or um, some of the other, um, yeah, the, the, the main Matrix. AI. Like the they Oracle. Have, and the Oracle was one I was thinking yeah. of, but uh, I think there were others. Yeah, well, they have, and they had some that were also just there to. Um, facilitate things like the like what was it called the train man yeah like that you know that and those were all like so described to us as you know they were shown physically as as human characters but they're really ai subroutines as part of a much bigger program and that's just their uh kind of their avatar their avatar yeah, yeah, yeah. in the uh in the matrix but yeah so I um so I don't know. I think it would be really hard to call the matrix good or bad because I don't think we have enough information, which I think was probably by design. The Wachowskis probably did that by design to um to make it more interesting, but um I don't think we can say either way on that one. Just there's not enough information. Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely trying to survive and at like the end of the third movie there's sort of a piece Neo brokers a piece where there's still people in the Matrix, but they're allowed to kind of come and get some of them out, the people that actually want to live in the real world. So that's sort yeah. of the Have you guys the seen truth. the newest Matrix? I, I did. Yeah, Resurrections. I, yeah. I heard it was so bad, I didn't, it I was, didn't, um, it I didn't was, want to see it. It was horrible. I mean, I, I really, I there was, really hated it. There was parts of it I <laughs> thought And I'm a huge were, Matrix fan. ...were really good. There was parts of it I thought were genius, and I liked some of the meta-commentary. I liked Keanu Reeves in it. The story just didn't gel, and the fight sequences weren't really as cool. You know what I think they did? Here's what I think happened. I, this is just five second tangent, but I think the um, I think they really had wanted to get Smith and some of the other main actors back in the movie, and they couldn't mm -hmm. get them, and so they had to rewrite around them because everything that really sucks feels like it was a rewrite around characters that were not in the movie. That's what I think. <laughs> 
to me, it just a lot of it just didn't make tons of sense. Um, I don't know. It's just like I the whole story might have worked if the execution had been just better. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I could go into you know a thirty minute rant on like the problems <laughs> of that, but I I saw a lot of the good things that you know they were trying to do with that movie and the, making a lot a love story and stuff like that. Just some of it was just kind of weird or you know didn't connect for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well let's let's circle it all back around now to um, so we've talked about all these different um, villains, villains and sci fi entities and stuff, and let's kind of just. Let's just kind of go through them one at a time, real fast, and kind of vote and think. Do you think that this race is evil or not? We're doing the the sci-fi villain version of hot or not. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Terminators. What do y'all think? Not evil. Not evil. I'm gonna say evil. It's the overkill principle. So, uh, so some enslavement as well. So I'm gonna go with evil as well. But I am going to give a caveat that there is some mis- missing information that we don't have. But I'm I'm connecting some dots that I think are probably there, and I think the Terminators are evil because <laughs> they want to exterminate all humans, okay. <laughs> and they don't stop. Yeah. They don't like like once they've defeated us, it wasn't enough. They keep bringing in more and more, and then they try to make us slaves in one of the movies, and it's just you don't know. And so, and the last movie um, almost changes my mind. I don't think you've seen it. Um, the last Terminator, Terminator? I didn't no, the see Genesis it. or whatever. No, I, um, not not. No, it's uh, after that. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Well, the, uh, the last one I have not seen. Yeah, so uh, it's actually decent. I actually liked it far better than the one that was before that one. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, Borg. <laughs> I'm also gonna go with not evil. Um, <clears throat> you have to say why. Uh, because I I think they honestly believe they're doing us a favor. I think they from their contextual from their, perspective, from their perspective, they, we're just cows and they're gonna make us much better cows. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, I'm I'm leaning towards evil, but I don't I don't fully know why they just come across more evil. I th- yeah. I think it's ambivalent because the series changes like the definition. It is, and we have uh, to yeah we have to you have to go with the. Like yeah, they're inflicting a lot of suffering on the rest of the galaxy. It seems like, even though there's a comfort of being in the 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 Borg collective, eventually after people have been out for a while, they're like, "Oh yes, I'm way better off as an individual than I was at a, as a Borg." Yes. Okay. So, so that's exactly where I'm going. I say the Borg are evil. The reason that they're evil is because they force themselves upon you. Resistance is quote futile. Right. Um, and. Um, we've had people that have come out of the 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 um, they've been deborged so to speak, right. um, and after they've got their senses back about them, they don't want to go back. And so I'm calling the Borg evil. Absolutely, not. I'm not even <laughs> a little wishy washy on that one. Borg are evil. <laughs> now I'm afraid society's headed there anyway, and so yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, okay, uh, the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Um, we're not gonna, we're not going to mess with the original series silence but the Cylons evil or not evil I'm going to say not evil on that the not evil okay the there is evil in their society there's evil in their culture and there's, so there's evil in the human society right there's individuals that are evil but the Cylons as a whole are like humans they're a mixed group so mm-hmm. they're a mix of good people and bad people and you know good elements to their culture and bad so I'm going to say Overall, they're 
as a whole, they're not evil. Yeah. They did kind of go overboard in nuking the entire planet and hunting <laughs> down human beings. But even that you could see as a, you know, an act of it's us rebelling against it's slavery. Us them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I am too. I'm going to go with uh, with not evil on the uh, the Cylons, uh, especially after the latter few seasons of of the BSG Where they're, reboot. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. sort of cooperating, cooperating. a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, being that I've only seen the first three series uh, seasons, I was going to go with evil simply because they. I mean, it's one thing to fight a war and and you know you've won clearly. There's only right. like this you know, little ragtag group of ships left, and then you're going to hunt each and every one of them down. I mean, they, they pose you no, no threat at this point, right? right. And, well, uh, they, you know. they felt like that the humans were looking for Earth, and they were going to find Earth, and then the Earthlings were going to join with them and come back okay. and get them. So I suppose that could be a justification. <clears throat> but I would say that what I've seen of the individual Cylons, they didn't seem like they were evil, but it seemed like their plan was evil. Okay, maybe that's that, why well, I should should phrase <laughs> that's it. That's funny because there's an episode, or it's actually a movie called Battlestar Galactica, The Plan. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. And it's, uh, it's kind of evil. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad plan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, the Cybermen. Oh. And we're going to go with the Cybermen from the later series, Doctor. not the early, because yeah. there's the Mo- Mo- Mondavian. Mondazian. Mondazian, yeah. The Mondazian Cybermen, in my mind, are not really the same. I mean, no, they're supposed to be, but they're not. So we'll go with the later ones, the the big giant armor uh, Cybermen. Oh, I'm having trouble picking. My gut feeling is to say evil. But at the same time, I could apply the same logic as the Borg, which is they think they're doing us a favor. But they also have this conquest um, that they want to do as well. The Borg just want to assimilate you. Um, yeah, it's, it's – and, of course, the thing is – got to go back. And I know we're getting on a tangent here. But I forgot to mention this. In the very first few episodes where the Borg were shown, they didn't care anything about assimilating you. All they wanted to do was... Uh, uh, explore your technology. And- <laughs> they wanted to steal your technology, and they wanted to consume your raw materials on your planets and ships. It wasn't until later they added the assimilation yeah. thing. thing. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like the, the Cybermen are, are evil. Yeah. So I'm going with, with 100% evil again. It's the same reason I'm giving it to the Borg is because they are forcing themselves upon you. You do not have a choice. You will be upgraded. (laughs) And if you don't accept being upgraded, you will be deleted. (laughs) So I, I haven't watched enough episodes with the Cybermen, but if they're to your point, they're like the Borg, then I'm going to say evil. Evil. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we already all agreed on the dialects. The dialects. <laughs> the dialects are evil. Pure evil. Bred to be evil. Yep. Yeah. Um, did we miss one? I feel like we missed one. The AI from the Matrix. Oh, the AI from the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not enough information, but I'm, my gut feeling says no. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to actually, surprisingly, on this one, I'm going to go with no also because I feel like it was probably a conflict, you know, just like. Any other world war type conflict, only this time it was was an AI, um, and they were slaves. We were they, you right? Know, and that was our fault for making them intelligent enough and then making them do our dirty work. Um, I'm going to go with probably probably okay. not evil. And they tried to make us happy. <laughs> and I know Craig hasn't seen it, 
so he'll have to abstain. But the 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 AI on I am. Well, hold on. You get it. You, you, oh, I was going to say not evil. Not evil for the same reasons. They yeah. tried to make a paradise for us. They're acting partially in self defense, partly in survival. And there's a mix of individuals within the AI collective. They're not all. They don't all operate the same way. Um, yeah. So there's ones that want to help us, like the Oracle. There's ones that are just out to get us, yeah. like Agent Smith. So, yeah. But overall, I think not evil. Okay. So the AI on I Am Mother. I Am Mother. Oh, man. You know, That's it's a been tough a one. while since I've seen it, so I'm having a hard time remembering everything that happened It was a on the spot like this. So um, for those who haven't seen it, it was kind of the same thing where uh, as a lot of these other stories where it was an AI conflict with humans. The AI ends up wiping out pretty much most of humanity, but then it tries to raise new human children. Um, but there's some sketchy ways that it's doing that yeah. because it wants the perfect human children. It's not satisfied with anything less than yeah. perfection. So if you're not a perfect human, it's going to delete you, so to speak. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, David, and I'm, I might I reserve the right to change my mind if I watch it again. I'm going to go with not evil right now because I can't remember enough about the movie. It's been too long since I've seen it. But the fact that they were trying to help us at the end, I, at least from what I remember. Well, they clearly didn't want to exterminate humanity. Well, it did. It wanted to temporarily exterminate humanity yeah. so that it could bring humanity back with uh, perfect yeah. humans that it yeah. would breed itself. So clearly lacked compassion for those of us that existed. But it also thinks that it's doing humanity as a species a favor. A favor. Yeah. But the way it goes about it is pretty evil, I think. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, it's been so long since I've seen that. And I've only, I've only seen that movie one time, so mm-hmm. yeah. I, 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 I'm actually, I'm going to retract my my vote on that because I just can't remember enough about okay. it. Okay, but <laughs> what about Landru? Landru in Star Trek. We again, we don't know a lot about Landru. Do you know who Landru is? Um, I didn't watch the original. So, it was, much, so. oh yeah, so it's all these people. Wearing these like big hoodie things that had like they were like pointed in the back, sort of like a Handmaid's Tale, like like, right. <laughs> like these big pointy things, and um, and they carried around these big pipes, and these pipes they could use to like knock people out and stuff, like 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 zap you with it and stuff. Right. And um, anyway, later on they they basically figure out that all the power is coming from the computer. That there's a central computer on the planet, and like the pipes are just empty pipes, and it's just a conduit for it to to do things, right? And but Landru is like basically controlling all of society and making you like everybody's like peace be with you, goodwill to you. Like everybody's right. always. We all know one another, and Landru. Like there's no nothing bad can happen, except for there's like a few people. I guess I can't remember exactly why, but there's a few people that are like immune to it for some reason. And so they land on this planet, and they're like, boy, everybody's happy here. And then they they realize that. What's going on, right? The computer's yeah. controlling everybody. Yeah. And uh, you're not part of the body, I think they, they called them. Um, yeah. You know, like, so basically, everybody was mindless drones to some extent. I mean, they had personalities to, to some extent and individuality, so not quite like the Borg. Um, and they went around about their daily business, but they were completely under mind control from the computer. And the computer, I, you know, of course, we don't know what the original programmer exactly had in mind, but it seemed like... The intent was to do good. The, was to make a, a perfect society. Yeah. The yep. problem, of course, was that it stagnated the society. There was no advancement. There was no the society. Never moved forward 
because the computer was happy with the status quo. And yeah. um, now that's a, a great episode if you want to get into a debate about the um, uh, Prime Directive. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for another <laughs> but, another podcast. But I'll go with Landrew not being evil. At least purposely, because again, yeah, I don't think like, I don't think Landry was evil. It was just doing exactly what it was programmed to do. Yeah, um, whether it, you know, it may have not even been an intelligent enough AI to really even know. It was just this is the program I've got to execute, and I got to make all these people happy and do their day to day stuff. You know, so yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> anything we missed? Anything we want to cover? <laughs> that was a lot. Wow. Oh, I can think of a number of other obscure TV shows and movies that nobody else would probably recognize, so we'll skip those. <laughs> but, uh, you know, these are the ones people will relate to. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that about wraps up this podcast. This was a really good one, guys. Yeah, this and, a fun one. Uh, yeah, fun one. And uh, we hope that you uh, guys all tune in for the next episode. It's going to be called um, uh, Does Has the Internet Made Us Dumb? or something along those lines. <laughs> we think you will, uh, will really enjoy that one, too. So we will see you in the next episode. <laughs>